Hi, this is Chris Finch. I'm lead pastor of City Walk Church. I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you don't already know, the best way to stay connected with City Walk Church is with our app. Just go to your device's app store and search City Walk Church to find it. Whether you've been a longtime follower of Jesus or you're just investigating faith, our hope is that this message will help you take your next step in that journey. If you're in the area, we would love to have you come join us in person. For more information or to plan your visit, check us out at citywalkchurch.com or on social media at WeAreCityWalkCA. Good morning, City Walk. It's good to be here this morning. Um, church outside, you know? Hey, let's do it. So as Pastor Chris already alluded, we are working through the book of Ephesians. We'll be in Ephesians chapter 2 this morning. Ephesians chapter 2 is where we'll start. Uh, we're really glad you're here this morning. I wanted to... Um, I, I, I want to I thank uh, our lead pastor. He just was up here. Chris Fincham, he's a, he's a fantastic leader and a good friend. And uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to share God's word this morning. So I want to start this morning with a, with a quote. Um, the rule of thumb generally in, in speaking is you should never do quotes. Don't read long passages. I'm going to probably break that rule a ton this morning, but you'll see why. And I, I hope it's still beneficial to you. Here it is. There is something that doesn't love a wall. Something there is that doesn't love a wall. Robert Frost, he was America's poet for much of the 20th century. And he wrote a very famous poem called Mending Walls. Now in that poem, he tells about two farmers who shared a mutual wall along their property line. And each spring, they would walk that wall and repair the damage that was done over the winter. And as, as they're kind of walking the wall together, Frost asks his neighbor, why do we even need the wall? He questions why it's needed. He wonders what invisible forces keep tearing the wall down each winter. And his neighbor's answer is actually what most people probably remember from the poem. poem his, his neighbor's answer is, good fences make good neighbors. That's right. Good fences make good neighbors. That's that really memorable line from the poem. However, it's ironic because Frost's point through the whole poem is actually the, the opposite. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you a few lines from the poem because I think it's so pointed. Frost writes, before I built a wall, I'd asked to know what I was walling in or walling out and to whom I was like to give offense. Something there is that doesn't love a wall that wants it down. There is something inside all of us that understands this sentiment. There's something inside of us that doesn't love a wall. There's something internal. It's actually in our very souls that tells us if the world were the way God created it, there would not be a need for walls and that walls could disappear. I'm going to read another quote from the late Pastor Dan Harbuck, but it sums it up so well. The wall is everywhere. All of us know about it. No age or age group has gone unshaped by its pernicious power. Its menacing might moves the length and breadth of human existence. What wall is it? Paul in our passage today called it the dividing wall of hostility. It's the wall that separates and fragments. 
It's the wall that isolates. It keeps people apart. It makes them suspicious and distrustful. It kills fellowship. It breeds prejudice. It spreads gossip, and it lets loose the dogs of war. This wall takes many forms, but it always remains the same wall wherever we encounter it. And let's be honest. Physical walls are needed in our, in our fallen world. We live in a world of sin. Frankly, my professional career, I make walls for a living. I'm not preaching against physical walls. The walls I'm talking about are more the invisible walls. The walls that divide us and separate us. The walls that imprison. And I think nothing illustrates those walls actually better than a physical wall that that some people in this gathering remember quite well, the Berlin Wall. You see, in the 1960s, the former Soviet Union constructed a 96-mile circle wall around West Berlin. The goal of the wall was very simple. It had one goal, and it was to keep people from East Germany defecting to the free West. For 28 long years, that wall stood as a visible reminder of a very invisible wall that, that prisoned millions of people in Eastern Europe. It's a wall that divided and isolated. Defiance and disgust against that wall took many forms. Thousands of people risked their lives to get under, over, through that wall. Many paid the price. In 1963, our president, John F. Kennedy, went to that wall and in solidarity announced, I am a Berliner in a, in a really crystallizing moment. Years later, in 1987, our president, Ronald Reagan, also went to that wall and stood in front of the Brandenburg Gate in a historic speech and demanded, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Now, those words were powerful. And they really spoke to more than just tearing down a physical wall. And those words speak sentiment that we understand and our hearts echo today. And frankly, the message of our passage today is that same message. As we continue in Paul's letter to the Ephesian church, we're going to talk about tearing down walls. So let's look in Ephesians chapter 2. We'll begin reading at verse 11. We don't have screens this morning. Again, if, you are, if you're here with us, you can look on the app. The scripture is in there. You can look on your own Bible. Also, if you're on podcast, feel free to open up the YouVersion app as you listen. We'd love to have you read along. Ephesians 2.11 says, Therefore, remember that at one time, you Gentiles. Paul is writing to the Gentiles, and the Gentiles are anyone who is not a Jew, not Hebrew by birth. Now, a lot of times they're even called the Greeks in scriptures. Whether they were from Greece or not, they were considered Greek. They were Gentiles apart from God's chosen race. That's the way the, the Jews looked at it. So he says, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. So the Jews were circumcised, the Gentiles were uncircumcised. It's a creepy calling card, but that's how it was divided. All right? That's just the way it was. And he says in verse 12, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenant of promise, having no hope 
and without God in the world. What Paul is actually saying here is that both sides were alienated. Both sides were strangers to God's promise. Verse 13, but now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. The blood that Jesus shed on the cross for our sins allows us access to God, direct, full access. And then verse 14 is the key verse in the passage. For he, Jesus himself, is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two. No longer Jew or Greek, but one in Christ. And so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross. I love this last part. Thereby killing the hostility. Let's pray together. And we'll dive further into the truth God has for us this morning. Father, thank you for letting us have church today. The surroundings are different than last week, but we are glad to be here among your people. And God, we ask your spirit would be among us. Fill me, use me as I, as I present truth this morning. I ask you to apply it to hearts, including mine. We need you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. At City Walk Church, we have made tearing down walls an important part of our values. It's just who we are. It's who we want to be. We talk often about tearing down unnecessary barriers to people following Jesus. Now, we, what this means is we don't want silly things to keep people from coming to the truth of the gospel. Now, look, to be really frank, the things that are 100% this is, this is God's truth, that's the gospel truth, or the things that God has absolutely expressly called us to, if those are walls that keep people from the gospel, we can live with that. But all the other silliness that, that many, many organizations and churches put in place, we want to tear that down because we want people to have unfettered access to the truth of the gospel so their lives can change just like ours have. And the reason we do this is because Jesus broke down walls. Look in our passage. Jesus' world was full of walls. And most importantly, it was full of people who loved those walls. The epicenter of Jesus' walled-off world was the temple in Jerusalem. The temple was the grandest place on earth to worship God. In, in today's terms, it would be the most mega of mega churches, right? The temple would be the place where we would go to say, hey, this is where you worship God. This is where you find God. But ironically, the temple of Jesus' day was set up with all kinds of walls. There were walls to keep out Gentiles because only Jews were allowed to go to certain places. There were walls to keep out women because only men were allowed in certain places. There were walls to keep out ordinary men because only priests were allowed to go in those places. There were even walls to keep out lower level priests because only the highest level priests were allowed to go to those places. Each and every one of those walls was designed with one religious purpose, just to show people how far and separated they were from God. 
Paul's primary reference in our passage this morning was to a five-foot-high wall that separated the court of the Gentiles from the court of women. I, I wish we had the screens. I had a great picture that showed the temple and all these different walls so you could see it. We weren't able to add it to the app. But if you have a chance, look at those things online. You can see all these walls. But on this wall that separated the court of the Gentiles and the, the court of women, there was an actual sign. And crazy, we still have one of these signs today. It still exists from back in those ancient days. And it's on display in a, in a museum in Istanbul. And the sign says this, no foreigner or Gentile is to enter within the courtyard around the temple enclosure. Whoever is caught will be himself responsible for his ensuing death. Nothing says welcome to church like a sign like that, right? Can you imagine us posting a sign like that outside of our things today? No, we want people to come in. But that's where they were. These walls literally represented the prejudice which existed between the Jews and the Gentiles in that day. There was no love lost between either one of these groups. There was such contempt for the Gentiles in, the days, in these days that they, the Jewish state had made numerous laws against the Gentiles. For instance, if a Gentile woman were, were needing help, even if she were in dis, the distress of childbirth, it was illegal for a Jew to help her. It was, it was absolutely unfathomable for you to enter the home of a Gentile. If you did, as a Jew, you were rendered unclean and you weren't able to participate in religious ceremonies. The worst thing you could do if you were a Jew was to marry a Gentile. It was considered death. They actually held funerals for people who would marry Gentiles, for Jews who would marry Gentiles. F.F. Bruce said this about this time frame, and I think it says it so well. No iron curtain, no color bar, no national distinction or frontier of today is more absolute than the schism between the Jew and Gentile of ancient days. Unfortunately, racial discord is nothing new, right? It's nothing new. It dates all the way back to the Tower of Babel when God separated the nations of the earth and the tongues and languages. Distrust, jealousy, anger, all those awful things all bred from that moment. And racial discord was also found in the early church, as we read here in today's passage. The Jews did not like the Gentiles and vice versa. But the answer then is the same answer it is today, Jesus. Because Jesus is the great unifier. He brings all who follow him into his family. And guys, this is a great truth. Our spiritual nation is higher, is a higher order than the flags we wave here. Being a member of Jesus' tribe supplants the ancestral roots that I have here. And our God who founded all languages is fluent in all tongues. And his word is perfect in every heart. There is great unity in the gospel. That's what draws us together. And as Jesus looks at the world, he does not see yellow, black, and white. But contrary to the very famous kid song, he does see red. Because this passage tells us that we are brought near by the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross, his blood, is what brings us together. 
Galatians 3, it's also in your notes, says this. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. What a tremendous verse. We live in a world that wants to divide us and separate us. But the gospel has the opposite pull. It wants to pull us together. And my name's Chris Dowdy. Yeah, I, by citizenship, by, I'm a United States citizen. I, I, by race, I'm a Caucasian. But quite frankly, when I trusted Christ, all of that was surpassed by something far superior. Today, my citizenship is in heaven. My tribe is that of Jesus. And my race is among God's people. Those things in this world that want to divide us have been removed by the truth of the gospel. God wanted me to bring, to bring me to him regardless of whether I was a Jew, a Gentile, black, white, Hispanic, or Punjabi. God loved me for who I was. And that is an amazing truth. You see, all throughout the scriptures, God's heart has been for everyone. God told Abraham in, in Genesis 12, he said, in you, all families of the earth shall be blessed. All families, not just yours. When, when God was, think about this, the, the basically month and a half that God just tore Egypt up with the 10 plagues of Egypt. After that month and a half, huge numbers of Egyptians followed the Israelites out of Egypt. In the midst of that trial, we think we've had it rough the last couple months. Think about living through the 10 plagues. And through the middle of that, multitudes followed Israel out of Egypt. God's heart is for all. I could go on naming them. David, Melchizedek, Jethro, Balaam, Rahab, Naaman, Ruth, Jonah, just to name a few people from the Bible. Godly people who show us that God's heart is for everyone. It's not just for the Jews. It's not just for this particular race. And as we get to the end of the Bible, as God shows us what it will be like at the end of time, we see that God's heart for humanity is fulfilled. Look at Revelation 7. After this, I looked. Get this picture. And behold, a great multitude that no one could number. From every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, Jesus, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That's what it's going to be like in eternity. It's not going to be this group over here and this group over here. It's one group underneath Jesus. That's God's heart. Jesus broke down all kinds of walls to make that happen. Because Jesus was all about breaking down unnecessary barriers to have a relationship with people. And that is why that idea is so important to us. While Jesus did the heavy lifting, we want to play our part. And that is why we're broadcasting this, this, this service right here online. That's why we're meeting outside today, and that's why we're still meeting in person. Because all three of those things I just listed could be a barrier to someone. 
That's why we have a City Kids ministry. Right now we're just printing sheets, but we want to get back to being able to invest in your kids so that you as adults can be here without distraction and your kids can have meaningful, relevant truth poured into their lives. And that's why our City Kids ministry has been on fire this summer because they tear down barriers at every chance they get to see young people come to Jesus. That's exactly what the church is supposed to do. And as we follow this passage of Ephesians 2 into Ephesians 3, we see that this purpose is given to the church. Look at Ephesians 3.10. Paul writes, So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that God realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. This job, this job of helping to make everyone one was given to the church. So let's be a church without walls. What do you say? You with me? We literally have no walls this morning. (laughs) But let's not have invisible walls either. Let's tear those suckers down. Jesus had a, this, this term here in this scripture, it's a, it's a bigger term, reconciliation. He had a ministry of reconciliation. Now, what this term reconciliation means is when you have two things that are incompatible and you do the work necessary to make them compatible. The easiest uh, illustration, right, is our, is our bank accounts, right? Like, I have my own record of my money. I hope you have your own record of yours. And the bank has a record of your money. And every so often, you need to sit down and make sure your record in the bank's matches, right? At first, you know, the way you account things may not be the exact same. But eventually, hopefully, those things reconcile. Two incompatible things become compatible. And that's the kind of ministry that Jesus had on earth. He had a ministry of reconciliation. He made us compatible with each other and He made us compatible with him. That's reconciliation. So let's have our own, church. Let's have our own ministry of reconciliation. Let's see people in our community for who they are, souls for whom Jesus died. Let's see problems as opportunities and uh, and opportunities to present the gospel and advance the kingdom of Christ. I have to be very honest with you. That one That last statement I made hurts me because my natural inclination is to see problems and throw up all kinds of flags. But let's look for opportunities to reconcile things in this broken world to the way Jesus wants them to be. In the last couple of months, let's be honest, a lot of walls have gone up in our society, a lot of them, due to health concerns, racial racial issues, political lines, they're all there. So let's ask God for wisdom on how to tear these walls down. In a time of COVID, our friends should not feel alone or disconnected. In a time of racial upheaval, our neighbors should know that they matter to God and us. And and frankly, in a time of political division, our coworkers should absolutely know that they count at more than just the ballot box. These are important things. Unfortunately, these are not easy things. And there is risk that goes along with this course of action. There is. 
But I want to remind you that Jesus took far more risk than we will ever take. And his wasn't even risk. His was guaranteed pain. Because when he left heaven, he was, knew that he was destined for a death on the cross. You know, I, I've had the opportunity to, to visit Ireland. It's a beautiful place. Land of a thousand shades of green. And they're probably lying. It's more shades than that. It's gorgeous. And when I was in Dublin, I was able to see the, the St. Patrick's Cathedral there. And now, honestly, St. Patrick's Cathedral is more like a museum today than it is a church. It is impressive. And one of the things that St. Patrick's Cathedral has is a very old door. Very old door. It's called the Door of Reconciliation. And in this door, I tried to throw a picture up in your notes. Unfortunately, we can't put it on the screens. But I encourage you later to Google that and see this door. There's a really rough, just rectangular hole just kind of like carved out of the middle of this door. And here's the story behind it. In 1492, while Columbus was sailing something, there were two families in Ireland that had a feud. They were the Ormonds and the Kildares. Now, the Kildares got the upper hand. So the Ormonds took refuge in St. Patrick's Cathedral because they, they knew that the Kildare family would never break down the doors of the cathedral and they'd be safe there. They'd find refuge in the church. So the Ormonds are stuck inside the church and the Kildares are waiting outside. They're under siege. And while this siege went on, the Earl of Kildare realized that this was foolish. There, was, there were two families feuding, trying to kill each other, who lived in the same country, went to the same church and worshiped the same God. So he went to the door, the closed door, and called out and asked for a truce. Now, look, I get it. The Earl of Ormond thought, nah, there's some treachery here. I don't want to, I'm not opening the door. So he didn't. So to put some leather to the boot, the Earl of Kildare grabbed his spear and he started to hack at that door. He opened up basically broke a panel or two off, opened up a rough rectangular, rectangular hole. He shouted out that he wanted peace, and he stuck his arm through the hole. Now that hand was grabbed by another. Soon the door opened, both men embraced, and the stupid fuel feud was over. And from that great action comes the term chancing one's arm. It's a powerful illustration, but if we're going to break down walls like Jesus did, we will have to chance an arm. It's going to have to happen. You're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be called to do things that you don't want to do, and you will have to put yourself out there. But that's just the price we pay to break down walls. You know, our community is closing down again. It's not what we planned, not what we wanted, but it's where we are. So it's closing down. When, when COVID first started back in March, my phone was ringing off the hook. I had people from our gathering calling, hey, is there something I can do for someone? Is that how to do this? We've lost that, guys. We're closing down again. And what I want to encourage you to do is think about that neighbor of yours, that, that neighbor that was on your mind in March, check back in with them. If you can, let's help some of our local businesses out. 
because they're hurting. You know, how about just call people with no purpose other than to chat and to connect? Don't have an agenda. To be very frank with you, I've gotten slack on this. Have you? I know I have. And we're going that direction again, guys. We need people to feel connected. Jesus was all about tearing down walls. It's what he was. It's what he did. And as his followers, we need to grab our sledgehammers and start swinging. Because these walls got to fall. Now, look, I understand that there are people listening this morning to this message who may not be followers of Jesus. And, and while I hope you understand that the walls that stand between people are, are not good, the primary wall that you need to be focused on this morning is that wall that separates you from a relationship with God. The wall of sin. Now, perhaps you're listening and, and, you, and God has spoken to you and you realize, I, I need to re-engage my relationship with Jesus. Or maybe you need to start one in total today. And if that's you, we would love to help you know how you can do that today. In front of you, you have a Connect card. For those of you who are here, it looks just like this. It's a blue card. Fill that out. Give us your name. Come see us at the Next Step table after, after church this morning. If you're listening online or you're listening on a podcast, contact us through the, through the CityWalk Church website. Contact us through the, through the app. We want to help you because that's part of what we want to do to tear down walls. Walls are everywhere. We, we all know the walls that's popping in our head right now. What we need to be doing is asking God what we can do to help undermine that wall to bring people to Christ. Because Jesus broke down the walls so much, he was willing to give his son for us. And we need to be able to chance an arm for somebody else. Let, let's pray together. Jesus, we, we're grateful for your truth and your word this morning. Thank you that, God, we as a church can meet together and we can encourage each other. But Lord, help it not just to, to end here on Sundays. Help us to take your truth and your vision for the world out among our friends and our family. God, we need you. We need you to work. We need you to show yourself strong. And Lord Jesus... We need you to do things that are above us. God, help us as we worship together this morning. And I pray you draw people to you. In Jesus' name, amen.